0: Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Last week, we talked about discipleship and evangelism and what the biblical model is for reaching people with the gospel of Christ and sharing your faith. And we came to the conclusion that discipleship is that model. So this week, we're going to talk about what is discipleship or probably more accurately, What is a disciple? What does a disciple look like? Uh, What does it mean to be a disciple? Um, Hopefully dispel some of the myths and fears around discipleship. Um, And maybe we should have another discussion about what discipleship is not. um, Because it's not a few things, and maybe we'll discuss that as we go through. So, first of all, discipleship. What is it? And some people may get a, a wrong opinion as to, well, this is, a, this is a guy thing or this is a girl thing. Um, it's not obviously just a girl thing because we have the disciples in, that were chosen by Jesus and you know there's 12 of them. They were all men. And so that's kind of obvious that it's not just a female thing. But some people may think that it's just a male thing. In Acts chapter 9, and verse 36, it says, Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. And uh, this person was a disciple by title, and they were also very helpful in the church. They... They helped people out. They were full of good works. And uh, the rest of that passage talks about how she was um, very valuable to the disciples in that area, to the rest of the disciples. So discipleship is not just a male thing. It's not just a female thing. It's both. Um, And although I would encourage... Ladies to be discipled by ladies and men to be discipled by men for various different reasons. Um, not the least of which is uh, you get you can avoid any romantic inclinations that come with um, growing in your faith. As you grow and as you get closer to Christ, um, the person who helped you get closer to Christ tends to be very important and very meaningful to you. And you may not want that to happen uh, with someone of the uh, opposite gender um, or opposite sex. You know, we kind of have to define those terms nowadays. Uh, You understand what I'm talking about. And, you know, other things that that may be beneficial by having a disciple that is in the that is the same gender as the discipler is that they know. The sort of things that that go that you go through a whole lot better um I have a limited knowledge of what ladies go through, and so some of the discipleship that I may do with a woman would be um inadequate at best, and so i I think it's best to have discipleship relationships be of the same gender um, so Let's go ahead and move on. What else is a disciple? So a disciple is, is either male or female. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 talks about uh, discipleship in that a disciple is a student. And uh, most people, when they think of discipleship, this is the aspect that they think of. It is in Scripture, and it is, um, it is there a number of times. Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 Say, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? Now, the focus of this passage is that the disciple is going to be treated very similarly as they are to the teacher but the fact that he calls the person who is doing the discipleship a teacher tells us that the disciple is a student because teachers have students and if in discipleship there needs to be information transfer Um, there needs to be life transfer but there also needs to be information transfer as you grow grow closer in your relationship with Christ, you're going to grow, grow, excuse me, uh, more understanding of who he is, um, what the Bible teaches. That's part of the discipleship process is teaching people to be more like Christ and teaching people to be more like Christ requires teaching people what the Bible says. And so there is an aspect in the relationship of a disciple that they are a student. Luke chapter 6 uh, continues this thought. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone. When he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And both of these passages had that same concept that after you're fully trained, when you're fully discipled, you are like your teacher in a number of aspects. Um, you're like your teacher in that you become a discipler. And discipleship is not a one-time thing. It's a continual process. So... Uh, I may disciple a young man, and then when he is trained, he disciples someone else, and they disciple someone else, and then I move on to discipling another young man, and so that's how the process goes. Acts chapter 22, Paul was talking about his life before Christ, and when he was younger, Some of your translations use the word disciple here. Um, The one I'm using this morning, the ESV does not. Verse 3 says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. So Paul was saying he was educated or discipled at the feet of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was a teacher of the law that was very well respected in their day. And Paul was saying, uh, this guy discipled me. This guy had a huge impact in my life. And this guy is very uh, influential and very understanding of the scriptures and so paul gained a a very good understanding of the scriptures because of his discipler Um, so a disciple is a student but as we looked in luke 40 and we see it again in matthew if we were to go back to that one it says a disciple is not above his teacher so from that we can infer that a disciple must be humble If a disciple goes into the process thinking, I already know more than my teacher, why am I doing this? Then that's not going to be very helpful at all. A disciple needs to be humble to understand that they can learn something from the teacher. They can learn something from their discipler. And um, that requires some humility. Um, We all come into things at times thinking we know more than the other person. However, most times I would say that we learn something that we didn't know, even though there may be some things that we know that they don't, there are generally other things that we don't know. And so a disciple must be humble. Luke chapter 14 uh, gives another aspect of discipleship. Luke chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 26 down through 33. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So let's, and, and let's stop there because there's a lot there. Let's unpack that a little bit. Um, the concept here is that a disciple is devoted. He's devoted to Jesus Christ, and his first and foremost devotion is to Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that um, he hates his father and mother. When he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be to my disciples. The 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 concept there and the, the word that he's using is not a hate as in... Um, I'm I'm doing evil towards somebody or ill will towards somebody. Um, obviously, the scripture tells me that I need to love my wife as Christ loves the church. And so, how here can I love my wife and yet hate my wife? What he's saying is there's, there's a comparison. Your relationship with Jesus, your devotion to Jesus, is so strong and so large. Ideally that every other human relationship, every other relationship that you have pales in comparison so much that it looks like you hate them versus your love for him. That's his point. We need to be so focused on him and so fully devoted to him that every other relationship looks like hate in comparison. Then when he says in verse 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Doesn't mean that you have to go grab a literal cross, set it up and have somebody crucify you and you die. He's saying you have to die to yourself, your will, your own desires and follow after his This is one of the most difficult parts of discipleship is being devoted to the point that not to the person who's discipling you, but being devoted to Jesus Christ so hard, so strongly that you would die for him. You're giving up your will, your rights, your life for him. And uh, this, this is a very difficult thing. And because of that, yes, we are going to be devoted to our discipler, um, but our primary devotion is to Jesus Christ. Verse 28 continues on, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. He's saying, think about it. If you really want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, there's a cost. There is a huge cost. And he's saying you need to sit down and consider that cost. Don't go into this flippantly. Don't just, oh, oh one day, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Discipleship sounds like it's the, it's the plan in the Bible, and so I'm just going to do it. He says, no, 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 no. Sit down and consider it. Think about it. Talk about it in your mind. Maybe even talk about it with other people because your commitment is so needed to be so strong that this is serious. It, it's like trying to build your house and then not having time, uh, enough money for the roof. It's like going into battle and not having a battle plan. He says, this is serious. Your commitment to him needs to be 150%. All him, not you. This is very tough in our society and, and a very tough thing for people to hear. But that's the way Jesus has it planned because that's the way it works. It doesn't work any other way. It won't work any other way. Um, so we need to be 100% devoted to him. A disciple needs to be devoted to him, That doesn't mean we don't fall. It doesn't mean we don't fail. Um, Otherwise, the apostle Peter would have been a lost cause, but he wasn't. We see after the resurrection, Jesus comes to Peter and he talks to him three times and he restores Peter after his failure of denying Jesus three times. And Peter is one of the primary apostles in the rest of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter are the two primary apostles that we find in the rest of the New Testament. And and so, you know, it shows us that failure is not something that keeps us away from Christ forever, but it does need to be dealt with. And he does require unwavering devotion. He does require unsplit devotion. So it's him and it's him only. Uh, The next thing that we find goes along with what we talked about with the failure, John 18. In fact, this is the same passage. Starting in verse 15, Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter stood outside at the door. This is happening just before the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is where the the sham of a trial before the Sanhedrin is happening, and Peter is left on the outside. John is able to go into the inside because he has connections. And uh, so the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are, are not one of his disi- this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. And we don't have to go through the rest of the passage because most of you understand what's going on here. Peter is denying Jesus, and he does it three times before the rooster crows in the morning. And that did not uh, negate his discipleship. It just proves that a disciple is human. A disciple is human and because of our humanity, we are going to fail. We still battle with the flesh. You're not going to decide, you know what, I'm going to be a disciple and from here on out, from today forward, uh, I'm never going to make any mistakes. I'm going to follow Jesus. The only time that we reach that sinless perfection, folks, is when we are in the presence of Christ in heaven or If if it comes down to it that, you know, we're in the presence of Christ in the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new heaven, new earth. That's the only time we're going to reach that perfection is when we are in the presence of Christ, when when we die and we're with him. That's the only time until then we're human and until then we're fallible and until then we make mistakes and we sin. But he picks us up and says, okay, let's start where we left off. Let's be a disciple. We see that throughout the disciples' lives. They didn't get it when Jesus was going to feed 5,000. They didn't get it when Jesus was walking on water. They didn't get it um, when, when Jesus said, you have to pray to cast out this kind of demon. They didn't get it. Time and time and time again. They failed time and time and time again. And Jesus picks them up and says, okay, let's keep going. See, that's their dedication. Their dedication is not to perfection, their dedication is to grow. And their dedication is to be more like Christ. And so their dedication actually drives them to get back up when they fail. So next week, we're going to take on a new subject and I hope you have a wonderful week and thank you for tuning in to Freedom Fridays.